0: Yeah, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna talk about, you know, you're gonna have to figure out something to be happy about because we're talking about what's in our cauldron. Um, Cause we God need damn. to dig down deep and find fucking something. Hello sisters and welcome. Grab a drink, get a familiar cozy up by a bubbling cauldron and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Yes, Say hello sisters. Hello, I am Katie. I'm Angela. And, and I'm Shanna. And as always, I'm Jillian, and here we are. We're post-state committee, uh, so hopefully you uh, checked out our Instagram, and uh, if you're a Patreon person, you hopefully were in the Discord where we were, you know, just dropping little gems here and there. Um, and uh, if not, well, I don't. What are you doing with your life? Listen. It's okay, though, because right now, um, post-state committee, we all need to, like, dig deep into our cauldrons and figure out what it is that is um, going to keep us going in uh, in this election cycle. So who whomst amongst us has a person or has a thing or whatever? Anything keeping you happy? That'd be something
1: um I have some stuff okay because I don't think I've done a cauldron in a long time I think the last mm-hmm. time you did it I was not on so first I have drama Ooh. we have hanging baskets on our front porch they okay. are fern like looking things I don't know I don't really understand plants they're green there's no flowers in them and mm-hmm. birds nest every year we literally just buy hanging baskets as hosting sites for bird sex I think because every year we have them <laughs> There are always (laughs) little bird babies and today we know they're there. At least I knew they were in the one closest to the door because every time we walk outside, we like get dive bombed by these birds. Sure, sure. And today my husband was watering said plants and he accidentally watered one a little too hard and maybe jet shot one of the little babies out (laughs) onto the porch. Like picture that. And it's still too small. Like it should not be, it doesn't look like it's a fledgling yet. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be out. So we scooped it up in some cardboard. Yeah, and, yeah like dumped it back in the basket, but I don't think we dumped it quite in the nest, but like we couldn't see where the nest is because if you look, then they'll all freak the fuck out and then they all you know freak out and fall yeah. and die. And I didn't want to commit mass bird atrocities today. So <laughs> we dumped it in there and just like hope for the best. And I was been watching for like an hour because mommy and daddy bird have been out here screaming their fucking heads off, like I would be if I lost a baby, um, you know, to the porch to a jet yeah. of water and It it was like a lot of drama, and then finally they stopped screaming, and I watched the little mommy like go in where we dumped the baby. So I think she found it. So I think everything's okay. okay.
0: Cool. So we didn't
1: commit bird murder, and I'm feeling good about that.
0: I hope Um, your husband learned his lesson, and you get like a watering
1: can. I was like, can we just mist the plants? Maybe just mist. But now just like. Right on, no jet on the birds. It it was a whole thing, Uh, but we planted some milkweed today, so we were out doing yard work and we went on a little hike this morning, and it was lovely. Um, also, I was elected this week as vice chair of the York County Dems, yeah, so (laughs) that's happening. Um, and we went on vacation, so I wasn't on one or two times ago because we were at the beach, and then we were so inspired by the beach that we just booked another beach trip for Thanksgiving. So I'm feeling very good and salty in all I the like same it. and new ways <laughs> fantastic
0: angela can you think of a thing
2: can i think of a thing um well uh, i'm gonna be real a lot of things are are pretty shitty and um, <laughs> in like <laughs> large systemic ways and yeah. um and we're not like fully crested over the wave of shittiness yet because, um, let's see, it's a Sunday when we're recording this. And um, and y'all will probably be listening to it on Wednesday, which means um, hypothetically, they could have announced the Rose decision. Oh, shit, I've forgotten about that. I did not forget. I didn't forget. And I'm just throwing it out there that um, everything is shitty and and weighty and heavy. And the only thing that I have in my cauldron right now are my friends and my family and my loved ones and my animals. Um, And really, because nothing else has the the force. I, I feel like there's been so much that like I'll pick up a book to start reading and I'll read ferociously for like an hour and then I'm like okay that was a distraction but oh my god the world or or, (laughs) yeah I mean it's like I can't I cannot I'm having a really difficult time finding um that kind of peace I mean I can find it when I do yoga or meditate but like dude I'm not a monk so I can't just do that all the time so um which, yeah which problematic uh, not yet at least right. and so um yeah so my whole point and all that is the only thing that's left in my cauldron at this point is um people beautiful people and the fact that Jillian started doing politics mom again
3: <laughs> which we need
2: we need in this tumultuous time um, yes uh, yeah so so that's really a shout out to every person who shows me very small and large acts of kindness because they are greatly appreciated um including our guest who isn't i don't think is not speaking yet but our our guest this week um cared so much about me that they wrote my room number on my arm so I didn't get lost <laughs> at all this weekend. And I, I felt like, you know, I literally, it was under my sleeve where my puffy sleeve was. And I felt like a small child, like, you know, when your mom would write like your name inside your jacket, <laughs> except yeah. for I wasn't, I, we weren't worried about me losing my jacket. We were l- worried about the world losing me. So I was not lost. <laughs> and um any acts of kindness are appreciated in these dark days all i have are people and dogs and cats so
0: love it uh katie you or me uh i'll go okay uh as i
3: have been dealing with uh reclaiming my dental health uh I had finally had like, there've been like x-rays for an an appointment there, an appointment here, like all that stuff. This past Wednesday was the first like, they're gonna start doing some of the real work, Um, especially in the back of my mouth where it hurts more. Um, And uh, I don't care if the dentist does good work at this point. Like, I just wanna start like reclaiming my dental health. I have amazing dental insurance now. I also have anxiety and phobias around the dentist and the dentist, like I was starting to shake a little bit halfway through Wednesday's appointment, like my jaw, my hands, et cetera. And they like stopped. They like, they noticed it. They stopped. They were the sweetest fucking people in the entire world. Um, and they were just absolutely wonderful about it. And they were not assholes that prior dentists in my life have been, which has, you know, of course made the phobia even worse, right? And the anxiety even worse. And they were just like, I don't care if they did shitty work and I have to get it fixed in five years. They were the nicest fucking people. And I am grateful for that. And that is completely my cauldron right now.
0: Awesome. Very awesome. Uh, uh, I, I just had, I had a cauldron thing today And I just like, I hope that these things keep happening and then that will keep maintain me. So um, one, I guess uh, as background, I was this weekend elected chair of the North Central Caucus of the PA Dems. Um, Thank you, very excited about it. Um, One of the things that was uh, that I learned was that the Montour County Democrats like just sort of evaporated and that was a bummer. So I'd been talking with a couple people, like you know, yeah, we're definitely gonna get have to get into that county and figure out what's going on, find some people. And then one of our patrons was scrolling the Twitter's today, came across a person who was like, "Hey, I'm an elected Montour County Democratic committee person, and I don't, I can't find any information. I don't know what to do. There's like nothing." And, um, she had like tagged John Fetterman and I don't know whoever else, but so the, the patron, um, pointed me in her direction and I was like, I'm on it. So, you know, I replied to her and I was like, Hey, I am your regional caucus chair. And I would love to help you like, figure this out. Like, can we DM? And she replied back and she was very excited. And we had like a whole big long DM conversation Um, and, uh, we are going to figure it, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe she becomes the chair. She sounds like a doer. I love a doer. Um, but whatever happens, we're going to get them back involved and back, uh, and engaged and however many Democrats there are in Montour, you know, we're going to make sure that, uh, a Montour County democratic committee exists for them. And I'm just super excited about that. And so I just, I know that we always work really hard to reach people and there are always people that we miss. And so I'm thrilled anytime, even if somebody like is angry, that that like, we're like, why can't I find out the information? I don't, I, I'm thrilled that you are passionate enough about it to be angry and let me help guide you to where you need to be. Um. So that. That is what is keeping me functioning at this particular moment.
1: (laughs) Can I quickly shout out, um, that post state committee, hell? I was so happy to have a little visit from Dana and Lissa who are, um, who are loyal, wonderful listeners of the pod. Lissa's even been on, right? So, um, it was nice to meet them both in person and drink with them in my backyard while we yelled at the warehouse together. Nice. It was glorious. Yeah. Yes. How
2: many of us do you think we would need to scare away the warehouse? How many of us would have to yell at them? They're like
1: working on a Sunday. They're out there like pressure washing the outside giant concrete slabs. Like, what the fuck are you people doing? Who's paying you to do this? No, like on literally Friday. built it.
2: It's dry. what is What if we did mass civil disobedience towards the warehouse, but like, we didn't like harm it. We just screamed, like imagine like 200 people just screaming and like not stopping for like, like imagine like months. Surely. surely, I love this plan. Yeah, surely something would happen, right? They wouldn't just accept it.
0: No. No, that's what I'm
2: saying. Yeah, I love it. I'm inspired by this because because this is like this is
1: how You know one of us
0: is going to like research the legality of this and figure it out.
1: <laughs> I will. That will then be perpetually in my cauldron.
0: No, listen. Yeah.
2: So, and I'm I'm being real here. It did not actually come from any form of direct action. It actually came in my very circular brain it came from um there was a a 24-hour kirtan which is like you know the hare krishnas and you know when they chant to pray that's called the kirtan and so there's uh at new vrindavan the hare krishna compound in west virginia they're doing the 20 once a year they do this 24-hour kirtan where they all pray they chant Hare Krishna for 24 straight hours and like there's like music and it's like wild and not wild but like like beautiful like it's really impassioned. Um yeah. and that was this weekend and I was next like,
3: oh, next next on how Angela started her cult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all bit I- by bit we're gonna get all of it out. Um tiger boots <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's, you know, it's like a backstory. Maybe like someone's taking notes and they'll finally, they'll finally have the whole thing. But piece anyway, it all together. But anyway, that was this weekend and I, I missed it because of state committee and um, I, that's what inspired me to think like, what if we took that kind of energy and like put it towards really irritating those warehouse
0: people? Well, with that, well, then why don't Angela, why don't you introduce today's special guest? Yeah. Today's nice guest.
2: I don't get to do it that often, so I want to make the best of it. Today's guest is none other than the inevitable Dr. Tyler Titus. Dr. Tyler Titus uses their training, knowledge, and experience to advocate for change, elevate voices that oppressive systems try to silence and engages key stakeholders in creating solutions. They are a licensed mental health professional, small business owner, a trauma informed leader, a public speaker and activist. They've served on the board of directors for the Crime Victim Center, Um, Dr. Titus has also served as the president of the Erie City School Board in Erie, Pennsylvania, and is the co-vice chair for the Pennsylvania Commission for LGBTQ affairs. And an absolute amazing human being. And I have to preface this before we roll right into it with my first ever experience with Tyler. And I'm not sure they know this. my first ever exposure to Tyler was um, when I was a delegate in the summer of 2020. We did, uh, and everything was virtual, and so we were on Zoom. and that's it. And so every morning, every morning during the virtual convention, we had Zoom. Um, we had Zoom breakfast, and together. And we had speakers, and one day was the uh, was the Pennsylvania Rising Star Speaker you know, Series breakfast. And um, here I am, and it's like eight a.m. And I would set this thing up, and I'd pour my coffee. And every morning, it was really boring. I'm sorry, if, sorry to any anyone who's insulted by that. But like, it's real hard to make Zoom exciting at eight a.m. <laughs> so really difficult and so I had my coffee and I'm like got my head in my hand and I'm I'm just trying to to stay with it and then this bolt of electricity happened and and Tyler was given the platform and and came out with this like amazing I don't even know how it was a speech that was also like Uh, spoken word it was also like poetry and it was like super intense and it was amazing and I was like wow wow and I, I I it takes a lot and I was I was so stoked and so I wasn't sure if I ever told you that but that that was the first time I ever heard you was on that rising star breakfast and you blew my mind and I'm so excited you're here on the pod so welcome
4: Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I did not know that that was the first time we had Mm -hmm. our our interaction. I just always had assumed it was like, you know, some uh, activism protest march somewhere that we did together or- Yeah, no, that was
2: (laughs) literally the first time, like I knew you existed. Like, and I'm sure like we were in the same place at some point, but that was like, I mean, you list like, we're like a, a meteor hit, you know, in that breakfast. And I think I remember, and I think it was Senator Street who just went, wow, I'm not real sure how to follow that up.
4: I get those moments. I'm like, listen, it's gonna, I've got this shot. Like I take every opportunity. I'm like, this is my shot. I'm taking it and I'm, I'm throwing the three-pointer. I think that's a good reference. I'm pretty sure it was the right sport, but like that's that's what I do right in those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Thank you. And I'm really excited to be here. um this is this is to be in kindred spirit while we're while the world is is uh, imploding is a nice reprieve. So I'm grateful that you all made space for me. Absolutely. We
0: are super excited to have you. we've been we've been bugging Angela nonstop for just so it long.
2: True. it is it is true. and we made, we made the we made the magic happen, and here we all are. And I feel, I feel like we should go right into questions because I have a feeling this is going to be one of these rangy episodes because I feel like we have a lot to talk about.
4: So who wants to go
0: first? I want to, so I want to ask like a super basic bitch question, which is this. So, um, the PA LGBTQ commission, uh, which Uh, you serve on what 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 do you do what does
4: that what do they do so essentially what we do what we do as as a commission is um each person kind of it's almost like a giant state committee really for, for the queer hmm. community. We each are, are to be working on issues within our own, our own community, holding elected officials accountable, um, you know, identifying those policies or legislature. It's, it's, and we're, we're doing a lot of whipping of the votes when, we, when we've got to get things done. Uh, what we've really focused in on these past couple of years is, are some uh, undoing some of the harm or putting protections in place while we still have a governor who supports the yeah. queer community and then trying to reduce the harm that was caused by the last president. I'm not saying <laughs> his name, but there was so much yeah. harm that was done and it was felt through every marginalized community. It really was. And so within the queer community, we we really had to center our black and brown and our intersectional members of the community to, mm-hmm. to make sure that in addition to all the other places, that they had at least one area where they were safe. And so I guess that's a very vague answer, but really what we what we are, are we are the annoying things in everyone's ear that's constantly calling them out. Like I get I get people like, oh, you don't always call, don't always call out, you have to call in. And I'm just, I'm a call outer. Uh, there are great Thank caller you. inners, there are, but I feel like, you know, when we are, when we're 400 years into oppressive states, I think we've had a lot of time to call in and people aren't doing it. Yeah. So. I use all my whiteness to do a lot of calling out because I can. It's it's a lot safer for me. So that's what we are. We're professional caller really.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. And frankly, I too am a fan of calling people out, um, because yeah, like I'm certainly willing to call somebody in if they're a person who like makes an effort. But like, we should not. Nobody should be expected to like expend their emotional energy on trying to be delicate with the feelings of you know some of these assholes
4: yes I 100% the agree way I play it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> actually some people who want to people people who just want a lot of us dead yes yeah. like yeah. let's be honest yeah
4: right and and that's in one area it's probably one of my biggest bones of existence so I have a phenomenal spouse um, who is way more tolerant of my white privilege than she should have ever been. She really, she, she (laughs) allowed me and afforded me so much grace, um, at, I don't really know what charm that I, I I don't know what I did to deserve it but I'm really glad I'm really (laughs) glad I whatever it is that I did it. Um, And, and what she has taught me when we first got together I was somebody who was very much like well you're you know you've got to like meet them where they are you've got to you've got to approach it from this angle and you've got to do these things. And, and you can't always be angry and throwing, you know, we, we need brick throwers, but we also need people who are gonna be gentle in the back room and just be like, listen here, buddy, this is... And f- how I've transformed from like, give me the fucking brick. Like I'm the first, also, I didn't ask, am I allowed to swear? I should, yeah. okay. Yeah, you can so... <laughs> definitely swear. <laughs> okay, uh, in, in, in just these past few years, right? She un- like, she she is helping me uncolonize my own mind in the sense that I I don't owe anybody kindness when you're literally trying to kill people like me. I don't have to ask you nicely to stop killing us. That just seems counterproductive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. (laughs) Um, I'm going to then be selfish. And I'm also going to skip a question and we'll come, we'll have somebody, somebody will get to it. Um, because we definitely want to talk about it, but, um, resources for parents of transitioning youth. And so this is like a a topic that is deeply personal to me, uh, because I have a, I have a trans daughter, uh, who came out several months ago and, you know, I've been reasonably lucky in that, like, I know a lot of people, like I am queer. I know a lot of people, I have a lot of queer friends. I have a lot of trans friends. And so like, I have people that I can talk to, right? But not everybody has that. So I think certainly, especially if you're not in a very large urban area, like what are those resources for parents of transitioning youth? that they can, you know, find, take advantage. This of. is
4: always a, a gut-wrenching question. I get asked it every time I go somewhere, every time. This is always, always on the list. And and the truth is um, there aren't a lot, there aren't a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, We have some great national ones where there's a few regional or state ones, but yeah. uh, especially since uh, the pandemic, we've just seen a lot of the groups that were, were holding it together with volunteers and, and finding spaces to meet in person really just kind of dismantle and and to not and and they're not present. So I will almost always the first one is, is the Trevor project because because of their accessibility mm-hmm. they have you know you can text you can zoom you can call you can just get resources online uh, anywhere anytime and and it's all trained professionals and it's not like oh they watched a 10 hour training they have to go through like 140 hours of training so these oh, are wow. these are phenomenal resources and the best part about the Trevor project other than it's free and, and accessible um is that they will then link you with services near you. So they won't just be like, hey, we're glad we got you through this moment. They will then help partner. The only thing that really sucks, and this is gonna be for any resource is, if you are in an area that does not have internet um, or you don't have access to a, to a private phone, yeah. you can't really gain access to them. And, and that's true for just about any resource. There's some great ones that are popping up on Discord um, and, and other places around like that. There's Glisten, uh, but that's more geared towards you know, the school systems and parents. Mm-hmm. There's some great resources there. But then there's Gender Spectrum, which is out in California, so they're in California time and California always does things a lot better than <laughs> you know like the rest of the yeah. US in so many capacities but they're very similar to uh the Trevor project but they focus it's primarily for gender expansive youth mm-hmm. but and also parents so not only do they have like chat rooms and trainings but then they're they're geared out by cohort style so like you're not kind of a 12 year old who's in a group with an 18 year old you're going to get matched appropriately but then there's a space for parents who, who who can be with other parents who are going through it and ask those questions that are hard, right? And that you shouldn't be asking your youth. So those are the two that I would go right off the bat. You know, there's the Trevor Project, there's Glisten. I'm, I'm sorry, gender spectrum and Glisten for for pro- providers who are mm-hmm. out there. And then the shameless plug for for myself. I just launched a nonprofit Compton's table, and it's yes. solely focused on queer youth, right? So so that is just where my heart has always lied. There's there's the Pennsylvania Youth um, Youth Congress. They focus more on youth empowerment. But if you have a youth who's who's more like I just I just want to exist and meet other queer people, that yeah. that probably won't be the avenue. They're all like, let's raise the next you know Hellraiser. Like they are out. <laughs> They're out to flip things, which is great. We need them too. Um, yeah. And then there's and pockets of other things in there. There's Glow, which is in Harrisburg. Um, and, and then there's a Hugh Lane project and there's, and and sisters and, and Pittsburgh, uh, but they tend to focus more on older, like just at that cusp and Hugh Lane, they tend to be in like that, that younger, younger adult range. Uh, so, but as, as far as youth, other than those national ones and these few pocket groups that pop up, there's not a lot of resources. And I know I missed some, and, and I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to apologize because I know that there's some out there that I just don't know yet.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely, um, you know, it, it's, a it's, it's, a thing to go through. And I think even, you know, as a, as a parent, even if you're, you know, a person that is like wildly accepting, um, I sp- spoke on here before about how, like, uh, when my daughter came out, my initial internal reaction was that I really wanted to be Linda Belcher about it. But then I like pulled it back because I, I was like, that's not what is appropriate right now. <laughs>
4: it's hard Uh, though it's hard as a parent yeah (laughs) and especially so and if you have queer friends if you have gender expansive friends you know the hell that is about to unleash on that 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 little human that little life right you know what they're about to walk into and so even when i have the most you know bigot parents uh i often still think it's 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 geared from a place of like I don't want really bad things to happen to you. It comes out in horrible ways and I'm not condoning bigotry in any capacity, especially towards your child, but I often think it stems from this place of like, no, because the the world is going to shit on you. Yeah. Maybe that's my Pollyanna, like being really optimistic way of uh, thinking about it. <laughs> no, I confusing. mean
0: it's 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 real. Yeah, I just you, you want to be like you know. I think for me, it's like I want to be like I want to be the most loving, amazing, accepting person, big cheerleader. But then I'm like, I, you're just a child, and you're just a normal kid, and I'm just gonna like pull it back like eighty <laughs> percent
4: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. uh, and let you live. <laughs>
3: Like I want people to look at there's more national coming out day, things happening Mm -hmm. more and more over time. And when we put together uh, out in out here in rural center County, we did the Penn's Valley national coming out day with the high school diversity club and the center LGBTQ network. And like the adults, who for lack of better phrasing like gave testimony those of us who were queer or parents of folks even in the school um just like being there and being visible for a lot of those kids because it was like the adults who spoke first like I spoke like I'm putting this on I am the queer elected official in center county like Uh, I am here for you. I did this resolution in the middle of nowhere just recognizing Pride Month. It's amazing my house hasn't been bombed. But like the cool thing was like for adults, whether it's your child or not, but for adults who want to be affirming in community to be open at least to a point, risk your own safety to a point if you're just an ally because by the end of the night, the kids were starting to talk and talk about their experiences and how grateful they were that the elementary school cafeteria was full of like a hundred and some people in the middle of nowhere who were there to support them so keep finding national coming out day events that are geared towards like high school diversity clubs because it is so powerful so that's my plug and we're doing it again this year damn it
2: Woo. Action. i was really happy to see and this is this is a this is a, a circular plug that has nothing to do with myself i was happy to see that uh cd 16 congressional candidate Dan story is um has a pride themed t-shirt with a p- portion of its proceeds going to compton's table
4: yeah uh, I, yeah it I was, was amazing about that so, and that's what you know. Like, so Compton's isn't endorsing because nonprofits can't do that. But we just got this call out of the blue that said, "Hey, we we want it to be visible. That we, you know, that we believe in, in equity, um, and we don't want to make money off of this. Like, we, that's this is not our place to make money. Um, and so we just want you know to to have this out there. And twenty dollars, twenty dollars from every T-shirt that they sell, is coming directly to Compton's. Like, that's a that big one's cut.
2: <laughs> I got one coming, and I will wear it to. I will wear it to the to be supportive. Uh, I want one. Against. I'm getting one.
0: I need it. We'll yeah, po-
2: I- we, we will post the link, but like that's really cool to describe how they frame that. And I really hope, um, I hope that other campaigns are who might be listening, campaign adjacent folks, take a lesson from that. Um because that's, that's how you should do that type of.
4: Absolutely, right, absolutely. And it was, it, was, it was just, I don't wanna say, it was humbling, but it was, that it shouldn't be humbling that a white cis guy says, hey, I wanna support, you know, and show that I support. But at <laughs> the same time, to have this person who's running in a, in a pretty conservative area say, I'm doing this because I, I wanted people to know where I stand as a person was, yeah. was pretty awesome, it was pretty awesome. That is very cool.
0: So, you know what? Actually, that, Angela, you gave us the perfect segue. Segue. So
2: is it's not an awkward segue?
0: No. It was actually smooth. Are we making it awkward now, though? Maybe. That's what we do. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we were talking about elected officials. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, Tyler Tyler's not an elected official, but you did run for office. And so, you know, I think we definitely want to have a conversation about like, what that was like for you. And yeah, absolutely. So was. I guess
4: technically, I mean, I am because I'm a state committee person, even oh, though that's right. You, that's true. I so forgot there's that, uh, but going back to, to, I guess I, I, I very rudely interrupted your, your question. So maybe you weren't done asking it.
0: Oh, I don't remember.
4: No, that's fine. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Go it was
2: basically it. leading to like how
4: that was, was
2: it. Run, how how was how was campaigning.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. it was phenomenal. It was beautiful. It was chaotic. It was gut wrenching. Um, there were so many big victories. A momentous loss. Uh, not just because I lost, but who I lost to. Mm. Um but the amount of the messages that still I, I'm getting, like I'm still getting like the, the the supportive ones. Of course, I still get the other nasty ones, mm-hmm. but the, the moms and the and the dads or the parents and, and the, and the grandparents and the teachers, and then the queer kids who come up to me still, I, I have at least one conversation a week where I'm crying with either a parent or, you know, some, or, or youth who just said, I saw your story and then I saw myself like, I saw myself for the first time. I felt like it what what could be. Um, And it was it was it was that and it is that that gets me through some of the really shit things that are still happening and that we're watching happen and all the threats, including democracy, right? That are that are that are swirling around us right now. But running overall, um, it takes it takes if you do it. Right, it takes just about every fiber of your being to do it, um, and you you put everything on pause, everything on pause. Uh, you lose a lot of friends. You lose a lot of friends because you're always asking for something when you call, because uh, you lean so hard into your support network. But then you lose you lose friends because you find out they don't fundamentally align with you. That there that there are things you didn't know about them. But then you meet people and you make not just allies, but like almost like soul connections with people that you never saw coming. I have people that are, that I am now connected with that I would have never, I would have never fathomed that we would have been on the same page, but then to, to watch them rise up and to show up in ways. So, so there's all those things. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, chaotic nightmare is what running for office is. If you do it right. <laughs> if, if you go all in. Amen. That's absolutely. Can I, can I just
0: yeah. like,
1: also yeah. amen that? Cause I don't remember exactly how you worded it. I'm going to listen to this one that comes out on Wednesday and I'm going to, I'm going to like cross-stitch that and mail it to you. Um, I, I, I don't remember what you said, but I just remember, like, I just, I just teared up just remembering just what that, what, honestly, what it like every fiber of your existence, like it becomes your identity almost like you don't exist anymore. Just you as a candidate exists now. Um, and it never really goes away. No,
4: it doesn't. And <laughs> there's this like joke and my, my stepmom always says, this. just like, Oh, said like a true politician, uh, every time we go somewhere, but there is like this, this, when I'm out in public, it's not a fakeness, but it's like a guard. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm ready for someone to say something either really shitty. And so mm-hmm. I'm always just like, I have a smile and I'm always just like, you know, like on, um, and it doesn't it doesn't leave because your whole life is on display literally literally your whole life is on display and and people get paid to find every secret about you uh, that that is one of the beautiful things though about a queer person if you're out and open it's mostly it's already it's already out there right like we have a lot left to hide and we've stepped into our truth like we've stepped into our authentic selves and so coming at me with who i am isn't the most effective method uh i won't fumble because i know who i am i know my truth but it will shake other people right it will shake other people and that's that's unfortunately usually what happens um but it doesn't it doesn't leave you like you like you said it just it It doesn't leave your family it doesn't leave your close ones it doesn't it just it's it's you are forever different after you run for office you're just forever different and i think that that is this this huge behind the curtain that that nobody really sees you know there's we're all politicians like all politicians you can't trust a politician there's so many like but we're not all bad we elect some really shitty ones but the ones that we let get away um you know it's it's it's, it's a lot. Like even just sitting here, I can feel it. Like there's, I have PTSD from running. Like I, it, it stirred it started. just the shit that happens to you and your family. Like it's real. And I don't think people understand that. Like when, when you're getting death threats, when, when you're, you have a, an escape plan, whenever you go out in public with your kids, because you know, some extremist is going to come after you, or, you know, something's going to happen and you have to have code words with your wife because you have, you have little ones and you don't want anything to happen to them. You don't un Unprogram you don't deprogram that. Sorry, now I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but it's no. there no. is this thing behind the the thing behind the curtain that nobody <laughs> wants to to really talk about. Um, it is the most, and I'm reclaiming the word. It is the most patriotic thing that you can do is to run for office, um, and it will be the hardest thing you do. Uh, if you are someone of value and morals, right? If if you go at this because of what you believe in, and you lay it out there every day, you are forced with, you are you are forced to to face questions. That you always thought you you're gonna knew the answer to, and and then suddenly like you're like, do I play chess or do I do it like where where do I fall right now because I can't make the change unless I'm elected, right? So that's everything. It just grips you. It grips you in a way that the average person just doesn't can't know they can't know or they probably would never run like we, we can't scare them but like but also like you you can't explain it it's like me trying to explain being non-binary or queer like you you can't explain it until you're till you're in it until you live it and you feel it and it's the day-to-day things that you either miss or that you're a part of uh, because you're a candidate
1: i i always wish that i could get people to understand the exhaustion and the recovery period because it's the year of my cat 2022. And I (laughs) lost my election in November of 2020. And I'm still tired. And I will slap anyone in the face who tells me that I'm being dramatic or ridiculous because you never can turn it off. I went back to teaching and I teach in a really conservative area. And I had a fifth grader poke his head into my, uh, my band room office. And it was like the last couple of days of school. And he's like, Mrs. D. And I was like, yes, dear. He's like, I Googled you. And I was like, what did you do? And he's like, did you run the government? And I was like, well, no, not exactly. It wasn't exactly like that. I I, did you run for the government? And I was like, sort of. Yeah. But please don't tell anyone. And he's like, I think that's awesome. And he walked out and I cried. (laughs) So I was like, well, you know, but it, it never leaves you. And then everything you do is forever connected to that. Um, And and yeah, people people like look at me weird when I tell them I'm still tired. Um, but I'm still tired. I can imagine that you were tired as
4: well. Yeah, and it is. It's it's one of those. It's you uh, going back. You can't unsee and you can't unhear the stories, and and the people that you connect with, and and this and and the stories and the lived experiences while you're sitting on other people's porches and and you're talking to complete strangers, and you're connecting with over the most vulnerable moments oftentimes of these people, like their worst lived experience, right. And, and, and you're, and you're, you're in it with them. And then, and then you lose or you, 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 you don't bring it home. And then you can't, you can't unhear those things and you can't unknow the ways people are being let down by the representatives and, and you, and you find out the things often about your opponents and you're like, but, but, how did you how did how did they how like how did this happen and it it is it's often it's money it's power it's it's you know um the people who are surrounded but it doesn't it doesn't turn off it's it's a it's a year out almost a year out now from the race and it is it is a struggle I I still wake up and I'm like what am I what am I doing with my life? Like, I, I still feel like I'm like on this wheel that I can't make rapid stop spinning. Um, and it is, it is it's a, my mind is still foggy. It is still very foggy from the year and a half of campaigning.
3: Solidarity. Mm-hmm. I think this speaks to like all of us who host this podcast and, and you, Tyler, and actually a lot of people who listen is like, I think we all even like the people who've listened, who have run for precinct committee person or run for state committee or have run for elected office at any level. Because there's a lot, those poor Patreon subscribers in our discord, how many of them did we get to run? Um, but like, give <laughs> a laugh about, but like, we're always on this wheel. This is the Pollyanna, like we all have moments of Pollyanna, so don't worry about <laughs> but like we want to make change we know change is possible we want to make change and we're like always going to feel like we're on that wheel just because we want the change and I think we're all kind of there and it's like it's like almost every year two or three years it's like we figure out okay this did or did not work on this path so now we're going to start moving on this path right yes Not a visual medium, but...
2: This is not a visual medium, but I am doing a intersecting waving thing (laughs) with my hands right now because you're always looking for the next path. You're always scanning the horizon for the opportunity that's going to get you a little bit closer to what you think will make you more effective at being able to affect the change. And, And like... It's almost like like something out of a weird horror movie where like you'll see a door open and then it's like, boom, 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 boom. then that door closes and then you're like, scan, scan, scan. And then you see a path over here. And, um, and I really do, like, I do think that when you, and I think all of us have kind of ended up there. And I think, you know, um, when you choose a life of service that, Like, once you make that decision, you're just always looking for the best way to serve. Can I? Yeah. Because as you're saying
1: that, I'm thinking about people like us who, you know, I guess I'm a little biased, but who are like looking for ways to actually make things better. But what I also am hearing and then envisioning, maybe like reckoning back to some maybe the weekend or um, just some shit that's been going down across the state. Um, Those people who are always looking for the next opportunity. And, And I feel like we have way too many people who are always looking for the next opportunity for them.
2: Or to close the door.
1: Right. To, to not bring others along, to not make things better for other people, to make things better for themselves. And I think we have a whole lot of that going on right now. Um, And I'm going to leave it at that because I don't think I need to go any deeper, but I will just say that I have been absolutely drowning in feeling like we have been watching way too many people fail up while there are so many people whose heart is in this, who really want to fight to make things better. You know, there was a guy who threatened to kill me when I ran because we sent him a postcard, the audacity of us to send a postcard in the mail to someone we didn't even go there. And he left me a voicemail threatening to kill me. And I still think he should have health care. Maybe he should have it in prison. I don't know, but I still think he should have health healthcare. Um, but there are people out there who, who just don't give shit about anything. It's all self-promotion. And there are a lot of them. And we're seeing so much of that become clear over the last couple of weeks, especially um, on our side, not just the other side. And so like, I just want to take a minute to, to thank and virtually hug and um i don't know just like uplift the people who are working so hard even though everything is really shitty right now to to still try to do the right thing um by other people and not just themselves
2: yeah that a million a million times that I feel like we're all like, I feel like we're all moved. We're all moved.
1: You know, right I'm now. all emotional right now. We,
2: we are. We're a little over, we're a little And I think it's, you know, it, everyone's been, been going through it. This has been a period of big, big flux, you know, and, and big, big changes. And, and you're right. I mean, we have, it has, we, we've seen a lot of what really is. So, well, oh, but being people
3: who want to make change, Tyler, um, keep making change. Um, kind of transitioning away from from that just a little bit, but we want to keep seeing positive change. We want to keep moving forward. You talked about how you've opened the the new nonprofit, um, and you've spoken about your experiences growing up uh, working with youth in residential and foster care settings your counseling uh this new nonprofit how have how has some of that work shaped your views and like system wide change like what what do you think needs to change to help these kids like if if this was going to be one of the i'm sure there's 30 issues you could talk about uh, but this specifically, because both campaign stuff and professional life means a lot to you. What is the change?
4: One of the first ones is um, investing in, in in public education. <laughs> I think genuinely investing in public education in a way that is that is meaningful to to creating genuine equity right so there's so many there's so many ways we could take this but if i'm if i'm i'm going to like okay if i had a wand what would it do what would i do i would fund public education and eradicate uh, any type of standardized testing that was linked especially linked to funding or or you know teachers right because uh, we we do not as a nation we do not understand trauma and what it does to a child let alone, we already know, like it's not a secret that we we don't understand racism, that we don't understand, you know, uh, uh, colonization and that impact. But we don't understand the very fundamentals of of systemic trauma and the neurobiology that happens, right? And yet, and yet, we want to, you know, keep shaming and blaming and and in passing while we are just creating more and more and more trauma. So if we had the ability to invest in our public education and invest in these schools, we could at least slow the burn so that we could empower our youth. Uh, And then I I don't think it's the youth's job to fix it, but if we could invest in them in a way that they could then empower themselves, uh, we wouldn't always have, have to be rescuing. We know that the biggest dividend—not that it's about money, but money talks—the biggest dividend on return is investing early. So the earlier we can get somebody into a safe space where they're where they're learning, three, four, five years old, that we will see less dependency and and less utilization of any services later on down the road. We, that's like decades of research already shows that. So I guess when it for me, if if I had this wand, it it, w- it would be to invest and not in, in there's a lot of caveats to that the first one being it can't be a racist or or an over colonized view of, of of how we create this but i genuinely believe we could do so much good if we had at least one place where we were supporting our youth where where they felt seen where they felt heard where they were being uplifted uh and they had teachers that looked like them talked like them walked like them lived in the same neighborhoods as them um and right and so that would be, I guess, I guess where I would go on my little tangent and, and how so much of the work that I have done from, from being, these are the things I used to get in trouble for talking about uh, on the campaign is starting my life as, a, as an intern, my professional career as an intern at the Office of Children and Youth, working my way up to being an administrator, right? I had a heavy hand in tearing apart families. I did that, I did that, I ripped apart families doing what i thought was the right thing thinking i was i was helping and i was saving right and and i have to live with that i don't there's i don't need anybody to like feel like i'm not saying that to to but what i've done is i've recognized how bad i fucked up and the hand that i played into it and and what i wouldn't that i can't stop trying to fix that like i can't stop trying to fix those very systems that made me as a white person a privileged person believe that I was doing the right thing. And so how do I, how do I change that trajectory and that those stories and then working in residential treatment, right? And, and meeting people um, who didn't look like me, uh, who, who didn't love like me, who, who didn't have the same lived experience and, and learning how much harm that I had caused and stepping into that discomfort um, And and not expecting anybody but myself to fix it uh, when it comes to to me and and shutting up for a while, shutting up and and learning what I did, and how do I undo that? How do I tear down the very bridges that I built and benefited from? Like how do I how do I make pathways for other people um, in ways that is meaningful and and, and substantial and has zero benefit for me? And and that is that is. It sounds so hokey when you say that, right? It sounds, and I've had people say that like, oh, you can't actually, but I do. From the genuine bottom of my heart, I believe that, I believe that I've caused harm. Not because, not because I set out to do it, but because I was raised to believe it was the right thing. Now, how do, I un, how do I spend the rest of my life with all of the privilege that I have, the lack of melanin that I have to do something about it?
2: The third largest county, listeners. Just because we're all like like teary eyed right now, so I feel like I have to pick <laughs> this up with saying this. Um, Erie County, the third largest county in the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth could have had a county executive that understands intersectionality and. <laughs> this close, this close. And yet you, you F and blew it. You F and blew it guys. And I mean that, I, I mean that. like, I, I it's a, uh, um, it's, it's a lot. And I hope that as you watch every single thing and I don't care cause I'm doing this and I, whatever, it's why we have a platform. I hope you watch every single thing that Breton Davis is doing and, and you make better decisions that's all. Uh, because because <laughs> no, because there are so sure. I mean Erie County has the poorest zip code. The literally the poorest zip code in the state um, is is in the city of Erie. Um, you know. I mean, we haven't really touched on poverty, but it's intersectionality, it's trauma, it's all its all one in the same, it's the same systems. And I cannot imagine, Tyler, the impact that you could have had on, on a county that so desperately needs it. And so I'm not trying to be a bummer and pointing that out, but I just wanna be like, Jesus God, this would, I mean, it is, it is literally what is so desperately needed are people in leadership who understand intersectionality. Which, deep breaths, shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. It should be having a heart and having a brain and opening yourself up to trying to at least understand. But, and and, and apparently that's, that's too much, but it's okay, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I have I I have to believe it. It's either listen. We're either going to implode as a country, or we're going to start electing better leaders.
0: That's right. And we
2: got uh, two choice, you got two choices. Yeah. Really,
0: we make better decisions. Um, And you know, so as we as we move towards the end of the line for this evening i just thank you so much tyler for coming on and talking with us um and uh joining on uh, joining us on this journey as we're all nearing tears every second of every day <laughs> uh it's been lovely having you
4: it is in I'm I'm very very grateful again that you guys you guys made this space to allow me to come on. I'll give you this one this one little story and then like I'll kind of like this little thing of hope. So when I was 12 years old, my father my stepmother moved away. Uh, They went to North Carolina um, where where they kind of started anew down there and it caused this huge rift. I mean actually there was a lot of hatred. I won't even I won't I won't I won't, I, I hated my my father and I felt like he left. Um, in this these past few years, they made the decision to move back up um, to uh, Meadville, which is like 45 minutes away from me, and really focus on on building up this relationship, right? So my father is a Republican, um, and he's always been a Republican. My stepmom, uh, a Democrat, even though she, she voted for Trump, uh, you know, but this when when i ran for office these people who had been pretty absent from my life were up almost every weekend to go knock doors with me including my father like right, this trump wow. supporter and going and knocking on doors and and just watching the transformation and and just that uh, you know so i when when we connect and and when we we look past the, the the Democrat or the Republican when we when we look past it and we get and we get into those nuances and those stories and, and those lived experiences, right? We we start to see that change genuinely is possible. It is genuinely possible, right? And it is it's moments like this where we where we rally together, we we refill each other's cups or cauldrons and and we're like, okay, you know, we will we will live to fight on tomorrow. And so um I share that story just because I if I if I can get my Trump loving father <laughs> to knock <laughs> doors with me um, and 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 genuinely in his heart of hearts believe I was the best candidate, uh, who does this out queer as left as they come person, uh, and and I I really genuinely believe just about anything is possible. Then just about anything.
0: All right. See that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, so thank you, Tyler. And listen. You know, as always, we got some events and it is Pride Month. It is the month of Pride. Uh, and uh, I should also say today uh, we're, we're recording. It will be Wednesday when you hear this, but today is Juneteenth. So um, happy Juneteenth. I hope you've had time to celebrate and think about, you know, the, the joys of freedom. And uh, frankly, the fact that we got a hell of a lot of- uh, speaking of Juneteenth, uh, I'm sure I'll talk about this again because it's not actually until later in July, but, uh, I remembered and I want to say it, uh, is the rebirth of the African-American heritage festival in Altoona. Um, I am super excited. Uh, the Blair Dems will be there and, um, I hope that you come down to Altoona and check it out. Uh, but as we said, pride month. So what do we got for pride month, uh, on the. June 25th, um, you could go to Tioga County Pride Day. Yeah, that's right. I said Tioga County. It's their first Pride Day, so please uh, hang out. Um, There's also a Pride Walk in Roaring Springs, same day. Uh, Hershey Pride, also Saturday, June 25th. Please go annoy Russ Diamond by getting your pride on in Hershey because fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> and last thing, shout outs. We've got some shout outs this week. So excited to number one, Ashley, uh, who Katie and I, and possibly Angela got to meet at state committee. I don't remember. Cause it was in a very crowded bar, <laughs> but, um, thank you so much, Ashley, uh, for Coming out and for joining the Patreon. Um, and we're just so excited to have you. Uh also Sean, uh, our lovely friend Sean Malloy. That was Ashley Fox of Chesco.
2: Shout, yes. out, Sean Shout
0: out, Sean Malloy. Shout out, Sean Malloy.
2: Shout out, Sean Malloy. I, I endorse Sean Malloy because that's right. He, he's absolutely amazing.
0: Me and, too. I love um, him so much.
2: And and I'm gonna say just like I said um, unabashedly about Tyler, uh, you know, CD CD, uh, what is that? My God, fifteen? <laughs> 15? Is that fifteen? No. Los Corners District? Seventeen? Seventeen? CD Seventeen could have had a bad beat as well. You screwed it up. That's my personal opinion. You should go vote for Delucio now. Uh,
0: vote vote, so, vote vote for Sean uh, Delizio you, but we're glad to get Sorry. to personally hold Sean Molloy close to our hearts Mwah. and our discord yes uh, <laughs> so with that many thanks to our fabulous guest Tyler Titus to my delightful amazing co-witches Katie, Angela, and Shanna, of course, and as always, our mysterious and magical producer, Dr. Act. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Caucus. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Pods, Spotify, wherever you listen to your pods. And obviously, like, don't forget to come join us in our community by becoming a Patreon supporter. Um, So yeah, good night, kids.